Welcome, Imaginators. Sit back, buckle in, and ignite your imagination. This is the Imaginate series, Season 1, The Man with the Red Umbrella. I'm Joey Massiel, the author and creator of Imaginate. This episode is a special episode because we will be introducing our first Imagination Challenge. One of your fantastic ideas will be picked and featured in an upcoming episode and posted on our website. So stick around at the end of the episode to find out what our first Imagination Challenge is. Here's a recap of the last episode. Nate had a hypothesis about his powers. A hypothesis is a guess you have based on some facts you know. His hypothesis was that the things he imaginates only lasts until midnight, then poof, disappear. Nate, Alex, and Thomas had a sleepover where they tested this theory with a number three pencil that Nate imaginated. And just at midnight, poof, it disappeared. So now, understanding some of the rules, they are ready to have some fun with Nate's new ability. So here is Imaginate, the man with the red umbrella, episode nine, fun and games. The following week was one of the best weeks of Nate's life. The rules to his power were simple. One thing a day that disappeared at midnight. He couldn't imaginate anything that was living. They found that out the morning after the sleepover, when Nate tried to imagine a kangaroo for them to play with at the park. He also couldn't really control where the thing appeared, though it always seemed to be close by. Nate felt as long as he didn't create anything with artificial intelligence, or that would draw too much attention, it was safe to start having a little fun with it. The boys took turns coming up with things for Nate to imaginate. On Monday, Nate came up with his own version of a ZZ Top, the popular spinning top battle toy. They were expensive, so Nate never got into them. He tried to imaginate a whole set, but only got one. The boys had to find other kids who had some. Garrett and Kyle, a couple of boys in Thomas's history class, had some, along with a battle arena, so the boys spent lunch playing with them. Nate's ZZ Top did pretty well winning 8 out of 10 battles. On Tuesday, Alex decided to turn the downfall of the Hamburgernator into a positive with the Alex So Yummy machine. He wasn't as good at naming things as Nate was. It was a small machine that created succulent sweets. Alex thought it was a genius idea, since he could eat all the candy he wanted and his mom couldn't get after him about gaining more weight since the candy would all disappear at midnight. Thomas and Nate were hesitant at first, what with their experience with the hamburgers and all. But after they tasted one, they warmed up to the idea. However, Wednesday's imagination was the best. In the morning before school, Thomas came up to Nate with his idea. I know you hate sports, but how about a 
football. Come on, Thomas. I want to have fun, too. You, you can. Garrett and K- K- Kyle mentioned how playing f- football at lunch might be fun if it wasn't for Bruce. And like Bruce always says, his ball, his rules. So if we had our own ball, then it would b- b- be our rules and it could be fun. Nate started to protest. Just think about it. M- make it your own. That's what you're good at. The bell rang and they went to class. It wasn't that Nate hated sports. It was more like sports hated Nate. Sports favored the tall, strong, and fast kids. Nate was really none of those things. He liked friendly competition and being on the same team with his friends, but it wasn't any fun when you just weren't built for the ball. But what if the ball was built for me? Nate took out his notebook and spent all of reading time drawing up his design. When it was time for lunch, Nate made sure he was the first one out to the field so he could imaginate the ball before other people got there. When Alex and Thomas met up with him, Nate already had the day's imagination in his hands. A football? You agree to this, Nate? Thomas checked it out. It looks like a normal football. He gave Nate a look. But I'm guessing it's not normal. Nope. Nate smiled. I present to you the targeter. I couldn't put that on it, though. People might get suspicious. This ball always finds its target. So you can't miss. That's right. I know you like to play wide receiver, and Alex and I both kind of suck at throwing. Nate turned to Alex. No offense. Can't hate if it's true. How does it work? It will go to whoever you're looking at when you throw it. Wow, this is so cool. Have you tested it out? Not yet. Nate took the ball back. Go long. Thomas ran across the field. Longer? Thomas kept going. Alex shook his head. Dude, there is no way you can make that. That's the point. Nate threw the ball. It soared through the air, down the field, and right into Thomas's arms. Alex's mouth dropped. Whoa. Thomas ran back, excited. All right, I'll get Garrett and Kyle. The five of them started playing. Bruce and his football pals took their regular spot on the field with their game, but there was plenty of room on the side of the field for a game with five people. A funny thing happened, though. Nate had fun. Everyone had fun. Nate knew, to be fair, The targeter had to work for anyone, so everyone was throwing great passes. Nate knew the key was focusing on your target, so his passes were a little more accurate. They all weren't caught, but that didn't matter. Even Alex was having fun as a blocker. Less running, more taunting. It was perfect for him. Nate imaginated the targeter again on Thursday, and again on Friday, and even again on Monday. Their little game of five turned into six, and six turned into more. Nate didn't know how it happened, but by Tuesday, some guys who usually played with Bruce were playing with them. But on Wednesday, they had a really unexpected player join them. Thomas was going for a long pass, but got too close to the oak tree. The ball got stuck high in the branches. 
Before any of the boys could take off their shoe to throw out the ball, Claire came out of nowhere, climbed the tree faster than a chipmunk, grabbed the ball, and climbed back down. None of the boys admitted it, but it was quite impressive. She walked the ball over to the guys and asked if she could play. How could they say no? To Nate's surprise, somehow having a girl play with them made it more fun. She wasn't a bad receiver either. It was the best when she would catch a pass right after Thomas dropped one. The crowd loved it. Oh yeah, there was a crowd now too. Nate was loving the attention. He never imagined he would be a star quarterback, but he was imagining it now. Welcome back to Sports Channel. It's tied at 97 to 97 at the most important game of the year for football. It's even a bigger deal this year because one of the teams has recruited a sixth grader as their quarterback. Everyone laughed at them at the start of the year, but now they've made it all the way to the Mega Bowl. You can be sure no one is laughing now. Nate Spelling. He has broken all the records this year in passing, scoring, and overall just being awesome. Now it's the final play of the big game in quadruple overtime, and Spelling's team has the ball. It's fourth down, and they are 100 yards away from the end zone with four seconds on the clock. Spelling's team is getting together to plan the final play. Let's turn on the huddle mic to see what Spelling's saying to his teammates. All right, guys, this is it. The moment you've waited for your whole lives. This will either be the epic story you repeatedly tell your grandkids or the failure you go to therapy for years to forget. It's up to you. Hail Mary to the end zone. Don't look back till you're there. Got it? It looks like his teammates are all on board. They're a simple sort, but they would follow spelling anywhere. Today, hopefully, they're going to follow him to victory. Spelling's team goes to the line. He's getting ready for the snap. He looks to the sideline where the cheerleaders are watching with bated breath. One of them is Heather Lane, Spelling's middle school crush. Now look at that. She just blew him a good luck kiss. With a girl like that supporting you, Spelling has to feel like he's already won. Now he has to win for realsies. The center prepares for the word. Spelling checks his left. He checks his right. He opens his mouth to call the snap. Hey, let me play. A harsh voice cut through the field, ruining everyone's day just a little. This very unpleasant voice came from Bruce, which made sense because he was a very unpleasant person. I'm playing. Nate looked up from the line. Um, we were about to run a play. Uh. He looked around at everybody on both teams. They all looked at him to handle this. I'm sure. Yeah, you're on their team. It wasn't exactly as it was in Nate's imagination. It was fourth down, and they were doing a Hail Mary, but it definitely wasn't the Mega Bowl. And Heather Lane was definitely not a cheerleader on the sidelines. In fact, out of the large chunk of sixth graders who came out to watch their lunch games, the untouchable trio seemed like the only ones not a part of it. They were on their phones, sitting in their usual spot, against the brick wall on the C-building. Nate was never sure why they chose that spot. It was probably because the brick backdrop made them look cooler. Bruce joined the other team, and Nate got ready to call the snap. Hot. Hike. Everyone took off down the field. 
Nate waited for Thomas to get clear of everyone else. This would be an awesome play if they could complete it. Alex was doing a great job at keeping two hands from touching Nate, using his large body to block two kids at once. Then, Bruce ran up to Alex with a scary hunger in his eyes. He grabbed Alex by the shoulders and threw him out of the way. Alex landed on his arm and winced in pain. Whoa, whoa! Time out! What? Bruce threw his arms out. He pushed me! No, he didn't. He's fine, you big baby! It's football! That's not how we play, Bruce. Football is a contact sport! You guys afraid of a little contact? Bruce smiled. The sight of Alex's bleeding arm covered in dirt and Bruce's grin caused something to stir inside Nate that made him abnormally bold. He turned to Bruce. Don't do that again. My ball, my rules. You're a bunch of girls. You even have a stupid girl playing with you. No wonder you all suck. Claire began to blink fast, and she quickly looked down at the ground. Her brown hair fell in her face, covering up what looked like eyes filling with tears. Thomas came running up. Bruce, just g- 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 get out of here. Bruce was about to make fun of Thomas's stutter, but stopped when he saw everyone else on the field angrily looking at him. Whatever! Bruce headed to the blacktop. You guys are lame anyway! Thomas inspected Alex's arm. You, you alright, man? Yeah. Alex dusted himself off and turned to everyone. Alright guys, lunch is almost over. Let's get him one more. Everyone headed to position. Nate took the hike again, and his teammates sped off. As he waited for Thomas to get open in the end zone, Nate noticed Claire wasn't playing. She was walking with her head down to the blacktop. Aw, Claire. Nate's focus went back to the game. Thomas approached the end zone. Nate pulled his throwing arm back but glanced off the field again. He saw Bruce barrel past Claire, throwing his shoulder against her, making her drop her backpack. What a jerk! Nate threw the ball. Afterwards, no other sixth grader was really able to explain what happened. Nate had thrown the ball downfield to Thomas, but the football curved mid-air and headed off the field. All the players stopped and watched it zoom up, over, and down. Someone called, Heads up! Bruce turned around just in time. If Bruce had been ready, he would have made a perfect catch. Instead, the ball smashed right into his face and knocked him to the ground. The teacher on campus ran over to Bruce. Alex and Thomas ran over to Nate. What happened? I, I, I don't know. I, I was looking at you, and then I saw Bruce push Claire, and then... I, I don't know. Alex strained to see Bruce across the field. Dude, it looks like his nose is bleeding. Claire stood on the edge of the blacktop, trying not to laugh as the teacher helped Bruce up. She turned back to the three boys on the field. I know what happened. Thomas turned to Nate with a grin. You hit your target. It was said by some kids a strong wind took the football off course. Others said Nate did it on purpose. And 97% of those kids also said 
Bruce deserved it. The principal chalks it up to an accident. After school that day, Nate was wondering what camp Bruce was in. As Nate walked across campus in the mass exodus out of school, a voice came from behind him. You're dead meat. It was Spencer. I heard what you did to Bruce at lunch. He walked ahead of Nate. He's going to get you guys back. It was an accident. Nate tried not to sound worried, though he did a quick scan for the bully. Don't worry, he's not here. Spencer was taking joy in his brother's fear. He took the free pass out of school you gave him. He really owes you. Maybe he'll just give you one black guy. Shut up. What were you thinking, bro? I mean, I know you think you have more friends now, but surrounding yourself with more losers just makes you a bigger loser. None of them will be able to protect you from Bruce. My friends are awesome. Sure, yeah, yeah, sure they are. Okay, see you at home if you make it there. He headed down the street. Nate sat on the curb outside Wilson Middle School. He couldn't wait till next year when Spencer would be in high school and Nate would have this place all to himself. Having him around was annoying. He said annoying things. Dead meat? It's not like Nate meant to hit Bruce on purpose. Bruce would understand, right? Not a chance. Nate had never been in a fight before. He wouldn't know what to do if Bruce came up to him. Run? Duck? Sing a song to distract him? Nate wasn't looking forward to learning the hard way. He turned around. Chris, Jamal, and Heather, a.k.a. the Untouchable Trio, were in their phone zone not too far away, leaning against a chain-link fence and tapping away on their devices. It occurred to Nate he had never really seen Bruce bully the Untouchable Trio. Nate could think of at least one time when Bruce picked on, poked, or otherwise pulverized almost every other classmate, but not these three. Was it possible they were untouchable to Bruce, too? That would be nice. Nate headed over to the trio. Hey, guys. He wasn't expecting much, just the usual head nod in his general direction. But something new happened. Hey, Nate, said Chris. They know my name. Nice throw today, Jamal said. They know what I did? Nate's mouth was dry but he was able to form some words. You saw that? No. Chris tapped away on his phone. But it's all over Zipster. Nate was 85% sure that Zipster was the latest social media app. Did you get your U-phone in the mail yet? Asked Heather. I'm having a conversation with Heather Lane. And a teacher isn't making her do it. She even remembered something I said days ago. Wait. She remembered something I said days ago. What did I say? Oh, no. Oh, no. I said I was getting a new youth phone in the mail. Great. She remembers the one lie I told her. This relationship is off to a terrible start. Uh... Nate stalled just long enough to get an idea. Yes. It came today. Voices for this episode were provided by the debonair Bobby Massio, Michael Rosenbaum, and Jessica White. 
Imaginate theme music by the tunefully talented Jeffrey Larson. So, it's time for our first ever The Imagination Challenge! In this episode, Nate and his friends came up with a few things to imaginate to make lunchtime a little more fun at school. We want to know what toy, gadget, machine, creation would you imaginate to make lunchtime at school more fun? Maybe a little more crazy? Or just overall more awesome? Think of your great idea and have your parents record you describing your imagination in less than 60 seconds and have them email it to imaginateseries at gmail.com. One of the submitted ideas will be featured on episode 11, The Chase, which is one of my personal favorite episodes, and will be posted on the Imaginate website and social media accounts. So, ignite those imaginations and give us what you got. Check this episode's show notes for the written version of the instructions. Until next time, Imaginators. And remember, your imagination is like a dog. You need to let it run free at least once a day. If you don't, it's going to become weak and lazy and will eat away at all the stuff you care about out of sheer boredom.